0: I seek to uncover. So, join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Good morning, nine twenty-one a.m., February the twenty-first, twenty nineteen, and this is episode sixty-five of Bitcoin. And there's lots and lots of stuff going on. Um, it's, yeah, man, there is shit happening and fires burning and we are right in the middle of it. So let's get it on with morning roundup. And the first tweet up in the stack is from at Jack. That would be Jack Dorsey, the CEO and proprietor of Square and Cash App and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he, uh, I think he's, I, I think Jack may be taken with, taken with the lightning network. Not sure about that, but, uh, he, his tweet from yesterday, I do believe has caused the tippen.me network to crash. <laughs> Actually it didn't crash. It's just the servers is, are, are becoming overloaded. And I, I wonder why. I wonder what, if you're wondering what Tippin.me is, you'll you'll find out, but uh, let's just go ahead and start. Jack's got a tweet out, says, this is excellent, and he references Tippin underscore me, which is Tippin's Twitter handle, and links to a Medium article. So this is from uh, Medium.com, specifically from CoinMonks, and even more specifically from a guy named Dan Arisnak. Receive tips on Twitter using Lightning Network. Thanks to Tippin, you can now send Bitcoin tips to Twitter users using Lightning Network. Insanely easy and super fast. So this was written on February the 19th. And Dan says, Tippin is a Chrome and Firefox browser extension that enables tipping on Twitter by adding a tip button on every single tweet. All tips are made using Bitcoin through the Lightning Network. Instant transactions, even of a few cents with almost zero fee. Furthermore, this is the first really interesting use case of the Lightning Network, the second layer solution implemented last year to scale Bitcoin. Simple and effective. Not only the Twitter experience completely changes, but it is also but it also open opens. We're gonna do that again. Again, editing is really important, people. It it really is. I mean, I'm not getting down on Dan. I mean, we all, you know, we all, you know, when we're writing, uh, make mistakes. uh, But, you know, editing is the way that we we solidify all this. One of the reasons I don't edit this show, um, like heavily, I mean, it's edited, but one of the reasons I don't edit the show is to... So that we can experience these things together. Like as I read them, I stumble upon the same thing that you guys would stumble upon. So anyway, the the sentence is missing an S. So let's start this one again. Not only the Twitter experience completely changes, but it also opens limitless future scenarios. An internet where, thanks to this extension, you can tip people on all socials. It can be for a tweet, for an article, for a video, for a comment, thus creating a new way to raise money by content creators without the need of a central agency and without the need of creating a new social platform and economic system from scratch. Tipping is a personal project of Sergio Abril, still in the development phase but already functional. Thanks to this extension, users can now see a new button for tips placed in every tweet. Every user that wants to enable the possibility of receiving tips just has to log in to the Tippin.me webpage with his Twitter account. Once this is done, a custodial wallet... Yes, that's right, people. It's custodial. let us we, We're all at the beginning here, okay? It doesn't have to be perfect out of the gate. It just doesn't. And people who say that it does... Have probably never built anything by themselves. Okay. Once this is done, a custodial wallet to receive and manage Bitcoins through Lightning Network will be generated and people will be able to tip you. Furthermore, you could also use the web button that tip and generates for you and paste it into your blog or website. This way you can receive tips anywhere. In order to tip someone, you need to use the Lightning Network. And to use the Lightning Network, you need a Lightning wallet. I use Eclair. It's a very good and open-sourced wallet. Once you download the wallet and once you deposited some Bitcoins in it, like 5 bucks, you will need to create a channel in order to make a Lightning transaction. Open a direct channel with Me. Press on the Lightning symbol, and after that press, create a channel with us. Scan the QR code in Eclair app, and it's done. Now you can tip whoever you want. Instead of creating a new social network or networks, with their own economic system, token, blockchain, etc., like Steemit, you can directly use the already existing social networks just by installing a simple browser extension that adds a button. All we need is a button. A button that opens the doors to a new way for users to, uh, of interacting with social networks and for a new way of monetization of content creators that doesn't involve other external or internal services that always take some profit from their earnings. A button. Same interface, same habits. You get people used to this thing. And Twitter is just the beginning. Tippin can easily be integrated in platforms like Medium or YouTube and all of this with Bitcoin. Thank you, Dan Rusnak. I, I, I think we all appreciate that little write-up, uh, sort of like a, a brief description of tippin.me, uh, what uh, what it does, how it how it leverages the Lightning Network, and... Um, and it's really cool. If if you guys have not looked at Tippin.me, you're gonna have to. Um, I I just he's right. I mean this last this last paragraph speaks volumes about what what we're going to be seeing. Okay, let me let me read this again to you. All we need is a button, a button that opens the doors to a new way for users to interact with social networks and for a new way of monetization for content creators that doesn't involve other external or internal services that always take some profit from their earnings. Okay, I'll stop right there. And the whole always takes profits from their earnings. I'm not even as messed up about that as I am about involving other external or internal services. <clears throat> this is a button that when you run the extension you load it into Chrome, the next time you go to Twitter in Chrome, and it also works on Brave Browser. For, for those of you who use Brave Browser like I do, and no, that does not mean that, that I like Bat and that, all that BS, it just happens to be a pretty damn good browser. In fact, I've been using it a hell of a lot more than Firefox or Chrome um, for the last, God, two years. And no, I don't own, I mean, they gave me some bat, but I don't use it. I mean, it's, it's worthless. And that's an example of this, what this guy's talking about, this external service. So like I went to go get brave because when I did so, I was still kind of stupid about what was going on. You don't need all these coins. Okay. That's where I'm at now. I, you don't, I mean, there, there's 10 of these things will probably survive. Three of them will have usage. And Bitcoin will be it. And no, when I say Bitcoin, I'm not talking about Bitcoin SV. I'm not talking about Bcash. It's just, no, it's Bitcoin. The ticker symbol is BTC. All right, so um, I I got brave because I was thinking that that was really cool that you could, you know, like... uh, uh, send people some, uh, at the time it was Bitcoin. Uh, they had a Bitcoin wallet embedded in it. Now they've changed it to this BAT, basic attention token, whatever. And what what I soon realized was nobody had any way to actually get any, like there's no website that I could figure out how they would be able to get the tips that I was giving them through Brave. And then I quickly, quickly realized that it was just all a bunch of bullshit. You don't need, you do not need to build something from the ground up unless you've exhausted every other possible leverage point. And this dude, this, uh, let's see, what what was his name? I need to remember this, this gentleman's name oh uh, where is it where is it where is his name ah sergio sergio abril uh s e r g i o a b r i l okay come on man i mean this dude this dude knows how to leverage existing shit he didn't build anything from the ground up well i mean it's not like he didn't do any work i mean he certainly. i mean just because you don't build something from the ground up doesn't mean that it's not work i'm just saying The only reason that you need to do that is if you have literally exhausted all options of being able to cobble together the stuff that you need to be able to perform the function that you want. This guy just said, hey, you know, we're going to do this tipping thing. And then next thing you know, we've got a Chrome extension that adds a button to every single tweet in your Twitter feed as long as you're on Twitter, like at Twitter.com. It does not work, sadly, yet on TweetDeck, which TweetDeck is what I use. So it does not install the Lightning uh, button onto any of the tweets in TweetDeck, but it certainly does not only on Chrome, but in my Brave browser. If I go to, if I just look at my feed in the normal, um, you know, one column feed, all of a sudden all the tweets come up and and they have this button. And what's even more cool about that is that if you tip somebody, <clears throat> the extension knows that that person doesn't have a tippin.me tip account and says, hey, this person doesn't have a tippin.me account, auto-generates a tweet. that Well, it auto-generates a tweet. It doesn't send it. You actually have to send it. But it's, uh, it auto-generates a tweet that says, hey, Twitter handle. I noticed that you. I was going to tip you, and you don't have a tipping me page. Go here, and it sends a, it sends a, a tweet to that person, and says and, and has the link to go to tipping.me. So I mean, these are such simple, these are such simple user experiences. Simple. That's what you want. He they integrated this with one of the greatest communication tools that the planet has ever known, and it's freaking seamless. The only thing that's not seamless is the fact that now it's gotten so, it got so popular over the last 24 hours because of Jack's tweet that I I have a tweet out there that says, Tip and Me has officially arrived at scaling issues. Welcome friends to the problem that has pervaded every human endeavor ever. And I've got this, uh, 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 on that tweet, I've got a, a picture, a screenshot of tippin.me when I was looking at my balance, and it says, "We are having some problems due to high demand. We'll be back soon. Get updates here." And then <laughs> gives you their Twitter account. Uh, their uh, servers are their servers are just burning down, man. Over the last twenty four hours. Uh, in my Twitter feed, I have seen more people announce their are tipping, their tipping dot me on their uh, Twitter than I can shake a stick at. It's just every single, every single, single thing that I see, like, a, like five tweets will go by. And then all of a sudden there's another one who I've never heard of or, or never seen the account says, here's my, here's my tipping dot me. Everybody's getting into this to the point that that tippin.com or Tippin.me is having some issues with their infrastructure. To the point that even, even Tippin themselves sent out a tweet. Let's see, when, this was this morning at 6.30 a.m. And it says, folks, give our servers a break, parentheses, working on it, in parentheses. And that's direct from at Tippin underscore me. So they're, yeah, they, they uh, ran right into some scaling issues a lot faster than most things. And for me, that's bullish. I know a lot of people are going to sit there and go, see, it doesn't work. Seeing the Lightning Network doesn't work. And it doesn't work. That tipping me is stupid. It doesn't work. And it's like, well, nobody was using all the other bullshit because they don't use your shit coin. This one uses Bitcoin. This one embeds directly into the interface of every single tweet with a button. And I don't know if you guys understand, If how many of you guys understand this. I'm I'm sure most of you do, but for those who don't, if you want something to happen, if you want somebody to do something, give them a button. For some reason or another, it is like, it is like lizard brain. You know, like, I don't know if you know what the lizard brain is, but it's the Brain stem. It's the most primitive part of our brain. It regulates breathing, heartbeat, so that we don't have to think about it. It's the fight or flight response. But somewhere right between fight or flight and, and checking your heartbeat is something that says, push a button. That's UX, man. That's understanding the human necessity to have a user experience that makes sense, that is simple. That somehow or another is highly freaking functional. It was like the iPod when it first came out. The interface on that thing was brilliant, and it was the interface that made it made the iPod what it was. And then, of course, it morphed into the iPhone. Um, and I don't even, I, hell, I don't even know if they make iPods anymore. I, I mean, I wouldn't buy one. I don't need one. I I have my phone. In either event, uh, if you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't. Go to Tipping. Uh, you might want to get maybe give them a break for the day. Uh, I'm not sure if they're still uh, uh, running around like chickens with their heads cut off. But from like I said, for me, that's bullish. You know, that just means that 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 they hit on a user experience that makes sense to a large amount of people. And there is there is you cannot freaking pay engineers enough money to have them sit in a room. Or, or UXers sit in a room with engineers, you can't pay that amount of money and have something like this come out the other side. Th- these types of UX enhance or not enhancements, but these times these types of of UX insights, man, they, they happen like a flash in the brain of, of anybody at any given time. You can't be trained for this. And tippin'.me knocked it the fuck out of the park, man. I mean, bam. So, um, now, now that we've gotten past the, the tip and dot me and their, uh, adoption and the the fact that we're past the, that adoption has actually caused their servers to kind of burn a little bit. We've got a tweet from Matt O'Dell and he's retweeting a guy, uh, William Graham, and so Matt says, get in the habit of withdrawing your tips regularly. Not only is at tip and underscore me a custodial service, not your keys, not your coins, but they will also benefit from increased inbound capacity when you withdraw. And he's, like I said, he's retweeting William who says, I think at tip and underscore me is having the fire hose effect. Could it be that everyone is sending in sats and not enough people are withdrawing sats? And he's talking about Satoshi's is tipping so successful that their inbound capacity is full. It's about to go full on exponential and he's right. So what does this actually mean? It means like, like for instance, since I moved, I don't have a lightning node and I've been kind of busy trying to figure out how to do this Thing on a daily basis. And I haven't gotten around to actually getting a lightning wallet or a lightning node. And so now I've got to go back and figure out a way to sweep the tips out of my tippin.me um, account so that they, so that tippin.me can have inbound capacity because the way these lightning channels work is that if I just never sweep and all of a sudden all the lightning nodes that tipping.me is using, if all, if, if they all just get jammed and there's no outbound run, then flow stops. So Matt's got a really great point. If you have, if you have it set up to where you can go ahead and sweep your, your sweep, your tips, go ahead and do it. Yes. I know. Like I've got 33 cents USD worth in, in that I've been tipped. I'm totally Okay. Was spending fifteen cents to uh, clo- to get my shit off, um, so that there's inbound capacity because I'm not worried of, I'm not going to worry about thirty three cents. It's worth my while to make sure that tipping dot me that I do my part to keep it clean. Uh, we 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 should all be custodians of a lot of stuff, but this is you know this is one we should be custodial. And what, in my term that I'm using custodial in right now is keep it clean. Bust your own table. If you like the restaurant you're eating at, you like the food, and everybody else does too, and you notice that their staff is just freaking out because they can't sit sit people fast enough, give them a hand. Freaking take your plates up to the counter or something. I don't know. It, be a custodian. Help out. Even if it costs you some money right now, because this isn't going to solve all of our problems today. And anybody who really expects all these problems to be solved today, you need to stop listening to them because that shit never happens. I don't know who, I don't know what happened to the public in general around the world that expects shit to be solved in 24 hours. But because I don't know how they got that idea because nothing has ever been fucking solved in 24 hours. Not engineering problems. This, this stuff's hard. You listen to, oh, who is that idiot? Uh, Craig Wright or whatever, or those people, and they're just, for some reason or another, for a bunch of people who haven't built shit, somehow or another think that the rest of the world can build all of the answers to all of their problems inside of a day. And that's one of the most idiotic, childish, buffoonish standpoints I've ever heard. Hell, I couldn't even build a business that sells plants and have it profitable in a day. Gee, that would take time, wouldn't it? Like everything else does. So anyway, listen to Matt and and William here sweep, if you can sweep your sats off for you, for those of you guys that are getting like, you know, a couple of hundred bucks, like Peter McCormick has like, I think of like over a hundred bucks in tips, get it off. Even if it costs you 15 bucks, get it off, be a custodian. Okay. Don't, you know, just don't let it sit. And I'm going to have to go get eclair or, uh, look, look back into a Jack Mallers, uh, zap wallet, see if it'll work. Um, and get my stuff off, even though it's only a little over a quarter, you know, won't even buy me a, won't even buy me a stick of gum, but I want to be a custodian. All right. So that is it for the tip and dot me. Let's get into, um, let's get into this uh, Bitcoin magazine article from Aaron Von Wordham, Uh is one of the, one of the best Bitcoin journalists out there. Uh, Will this vulnerability finally compel Bitmain to open source its firmware? (laughs) Yikes. This is from yesterday and it's out at Bitcoin Magazine. Aaron writes, as if Bitmain's year hasn't been rough enough, having posted big losses and laying off entire departments, its flagship product now has a firmware vulnerability. A few weeks ago, Bitcoin Core contributor James Hilliard discovered an exploit in Bitmain's S15 firmware. The pseudonymous Twitter user, Double Ot White Rabbit, also known simply as John, subsequently wrote exploit code based on Hilliard's finding. A video proving that the exploit code worked was shared on Hilliard's uh, Twitter account last week. Hilliard is offering to disclose the vulnerability to Bitmain, but under one condition. Bitmain would have to comply with the GNU general public license, the popular open source license that the Chinese mining giant is currently breaching and open source its firmware. Quote, Bitmain firmware is very buggy in general, Hilliard wrote (coughs) Bitcoin magazine, and it's important for the health of the Bitcoin network that users be able to fix the bugs Bitmain introduces. So what's the exploit? Hilliard, who's perhaps best known for proposing BIP91, discovered the vulnerability several weeks ago by auditing a firmware update file on Bitmain's support site. While details have not yet been disclosed, the exploit was found in firmware on the S9 on the S15, the company's most powerful SHA-256 miner in the store. Hilliard thinks that the same vulnerability almost certainly exists in all of Bitmain's mining firmware. Quote, I'm also quite sure that there are many other vulnerabilities in the firmware. It is very poorly designed when it comes to security, he added. When exploited, the vulnerability gives users root access to the machine, which is supposed to be impossible. In theory, this can be done remotely using just the IP address of the miner. Holy crap. And means the machine can be reprogrammed to do just about anything. This includes mining to a different Bitcoin address or having it stop mining entirely. The firmware could also be replaced by different firmware altogether, such as Brains OS or Dragon Mint firmware. In practice, however, it's unlikely the machines can be remotely exploited at all. For one, as as long as the miner is properly firewalled and or protected with a strong username and password, It cannot be broken into. And second, without access to the firmware source code, it's difficult to make compatible custom firmware. As such, this specific vulnerability is perhaps not the main issue. Quote, the bigger problem is that bitmain firmware is generally quite buggy said Hilliard. Indeed, this is not the first time a vulnerability has been found in Bitmain's firmware. In early 2017, an anonymous security engineer found that almost all Antminer machines could be shut down remotely. God, I remember that one. Dubbed Antbleed, this previous vulnerability <clears throat> could have probably knocked about half of all hash power on the Bitwork net Bitcoin network offline. It was arguably not just a problem for Antminer owners, but a security risk for the entire Bitcoin network. Hilliard and Double Lot White Rabbit have not released the exploit code, but they are developing a version of it to be released eventually. The two are also willing to disclose the vulnerability to Bitmain, allowing the hardware producer to patch their firmware and fix the vulnerability, but only if Bitmain stops breaching the GNU GPL. That's the uh, <clears throat> the. Public license. Bitmain's firmware is built on the Linux operating system as well as CG Miner, open source mining software developed by Hilliard and others. Both Linux and CG Miner are licensed under the GNU GPL. This widely used open source license allows anyone the freedom to run, study, share, and modify the software under the condition that the resulting software is free too. Quote, Legally, therefore, Bitmain's firmware should be open source as well. But Bitmain doesn't seem to care about following copyright law. Unfortunately, closed-source firmware is not a good thing to have on the Bitcoin network. As stuff like Antbleed can be hidden in it, it's a centralization risk. It's not very clear why the mining giant is breaching the GNU-GPL. Hilliard suspects it is probably to prevent users from overclocking their machines and support costs associated with that. Others have suggested Bitmain may prefer to keep its firmware closed source because this makes it harder for attackers to find vulnerabilities. So far, Bitmain has not commented on the exploit at all, and its firmware is still closed source. As such, there is little reason to believe the company will change its ways now. Yeah. Why change? You're just like, you know, plummeting to Earth at freaking like, you know, 100x supersonic speeds. All right, sorry. Uh, though Hilliard remains hopeful, Bitmain will comply with the GPU GPL and encourages users to file a request to have the code open sourced. Quote, in the past, they have released what appears to be the real source, presumably because there was public pressure to do so. So maybe? Anyway, uh, thank you, Aaron, for that, uh, for, for that story. That's uh, kind of eye-opening, but not really unexpected. Uh, Bitmain does stupid crap all the time. You know, it's not I mean, this is this is not the first time that we've seen idiocy in the ranks of 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 Bitmain, right? Okay. So, uh next up, Wyoming does not exist. That's right, people. If you thought Wyoming existed, you're so very wrong. It doesn't exist. It's actually the uh southern Montana as the new maps that have uh that were finally coming into uh, contact with or are showing us. So we've all been duped. Wyoming does not exist. So take the following with a grain of salt. Wyoming passes three bills, which could boost the local crypto economy. This is from theblockcrypto.com. Wyoming has just become a much friendlier place for blockchain and cryptocurrency-related endeavors, Coindesk writes. The state has passed three new bills, which could make the lives of crypto businesses a little easier. Bill SF-0125, which now awaits Governor Mark Gordon's signature, will effectively enable banks to act as crypto custodians. The bill redefines digital assets, recognizing them as property and including cryptocurrency as one of the forms accepted within the definition. The second bill... Estab- oh, sorry, The second bill, HB 0074, establishes special depository institutions designed to aid institutions that lack access to traditional banks due to a lack of FDIC insurance. Quote, there was a crackdown in the fall of 2017 and a number of banks went through... Well, and a number of banks went through and did a big compliance review that closed every account that was connected to digital assets at all, said Caitlin Long of the Wyoming Blockchain Coalition. This bill is designed to be an industry utility. It's designed to serve a very important need that hasn't been served by the mainstream banking industry. Finally, HB 0185, which the Wyoming House of Representatives just passed, Allows for securities to be issued via blockchain tokens. Previously, stock certificates had to be represented in a paper form throughout the state. So, yeah, uh, non-existent Wyoming for being as non-existent as they are, kicking ass and making Texas look stupid. I, you know, Greg Abbott, if you're, I, I, there's no hope in hell that you'll ever hear this, but dude. Please stop letting this non-existent state wash our, eat our lunch. This is ridiculous. Wyoming doesn't even exist. And they're freaking light years ahead of Texas and any other state in the union. Hell, they're, for being non-existent as they are, they're light years ahead of any other country, any other nation state, any other property or property. Or, uh, <clears throat> What do you call those things like the Virgin Islands and stuff like that way ahead of anybody? And they don't exist. Amazing. Absolutely freaking amazing. What's up next in the stack is, oh, this is the last one. Afrin just doesn't work for me anymore. This is also from the Block Crypto. Uh do, do 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 this was yeah, written yesterday by Stephen Zhang. Document circulating around Ethereum community calls for quote positive nonviolent debate. What are they referring to? Well, they're referring to Afri, A F R I, also known on Twitter at FCHDN. I did not quit social media. I quit Ethereum. I did not go dark. I just left the community. I am no longer coordinating hard forks, building test nets, or contributing otherwise. I did not work on Polkadot. I never did. I worked on Ethereum. I did not hate Ethereum. I loved it. And that was written on February 19th. And even when I saw that, I was like, uh uh-oh, that's not good. That's one of, you know... Not the head honcho, but it's like you know, it, it's sort. It would sort of be like if I guess if like Jameson Lop just decided to say, "Hey, I hate you know, I'm not going to do Bitcoin anymore. I'm 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 out. I'm going to do something else." So let's uh, let's dig into this a little bit. A document coming out from the Department of Decentralization, a collective behind the ETH Berlin Conference. Is asking members of the Ethereum community to welcome constructive feedbacks on all decisions as best we can and to not tolerate destructive behavior. Titled Pitchforks Are For Hey, Not Hate. Oh. Oh. Ow. Ow. God, that hurt reading it. Oh. Man, that should be that should be the terrible joke corner for the day. Good God almighty, people. Stop doing that. Ah, okay. Let's try this again. Pitchforks are for hay, not hate. Maintaining positive, non-violent debate for the Ethereum community. The document was started by Maria Paula Fernandez, who handles external relations for the Gollum project. As of the time of this writing, it has been signed by over a hundred influential members of the Ethereum community, including Alex Van de Sande, and Hudson and the Ether- of the Ethereum Foundation. The, <clears throat> the subject of the document centers around the controversial de- debate ignited by Afri Schroden, or Sh- Shoden Shoden? I'm going to go with Shoden. The release manager for Parity Technologies and former Ethereum contributor. Shoden who me- tweeted a meme comparing polka dot to Ethereum's Serenity, received a wave of verbal attacks from the members of the Ethereum community after these attacks showed and announced that he is, quote, quitting Ethereum and will no longer contribute to its development. Chelsea Palmer, co-founder of Carpi Lunum Events, and one of the signers of the documents, tells the block her reasoning for signing the document is because she, quote, was concerned, of how quickly the whole scenario escalated on all seeming on seemingly all sides. No one is com- a complete saint in this scenario, but a lot of unreasonable demands and accusations were hurled at a volunteer contributor to an open source project, Palmer added. Palmer notes that she is alarmed when platforms and communities largely protected by pseudonymity start demanding the heads of I, of in real life identified individuals on a platter and that she saw people on both sides highlight this eloquently. We need to better define what arenas are for ship posting and which are meant to be serious conduits for informative announcements. So there you go. Yeah. Afri Shoden Schroden is, or Shoden is out um, of community development, at least for the time being, I, you never know about these things. Maybe he'll get a wild hair up his ass and decide to come back to Ethereum. I don't know. I don't care. I, I, I sold his all, all my Ethereum when it was, Oh God, it's like the summer before last. Or like not last May, but the May before, or something like that. I just, I just didn't want to hold it. I uh, killed my geth node and just went on about my life because I. At, it was around that time that I started realizing all this other stuff is just stupid. I, it, I mean, Ethereum will probably survive. It'll probably be one of the top three, but it's uh, whatever like we needed three three internets or something like that. All right, so that will do it for your daily roundup. Next up is going to be your uh, vital statistics for the day. As usual, this is bitinfocharts.com where you can find the best information on uh, cryptocurrencies, you know, Bitcoin, uh, and then the rest. <laughs> but they have a long list, a and a huge list of shit coins that you can find the most high-quality information about, as far as metrics are concerned. So, Bitcoin's average price is three thousand nine hundred thirty-one. It looks like uh, Bitfinex has the high at four thousand and three, and do yeah we're gonna say Gdax has the the lowest price at three thousand eight hundred ninety four. Three hundred twenty three thousand bitcoins have been changed over the or exchanged over the last twenty four hours. Uh, sent over the last twenty four hours was one point one million BTC. Uh, given about fifty thousand bitcoins per hour being sent. Uh 3.68 BTC is the average transaction value, and the median transaction value is 0.043 BTC or about 170 bucks USD. Block times are at 10 minutes 50 seconds. And so where are we at? Reward or the fees per block being collected look like 0.28. And the reward or the uh, uh, total amount of fees being taken over the last 24 hours was 36, no, actually 37 BTC. Uh, hash rate has dropped 4% in the last 24 hours, bringing us just above 40 X a hashes a second. And the last GitHub commit was, uh, you guessed it, today. Uh, across the board, Ethereum is at 145 and a quarter. Litecoin is $48.89. Bcash is 141. BSV is 64.89. Ethereum Classic is 4.5. Dogecoin is 0.002, holding strong. And also holding strong at the fact that its 26 or 27,000 transactions over the last 24 hours smokes the collective transactions of both Bcash and BSV. Two coins which shouldn't exist at all, period. And we'll come back to we'll come back to why when we get to daily train wrecked. That's going to do it for your vital statistics. Marty's bent. Today is actually from yesterday, Wednesday, February the twentieth, twenty nineteen. This is issue number four hundred and twenty-four. Lessons from history, and uh, arbed out at arbed out uh, has is the featured tweet. He says, "Huh? Today I learned fiat was banned in Iran from twelve ninety four A.D. to nineteen thirty one A.D. I wonder why Reza Shah brought it back." And then he's got a couple of uh, what looked to be news article clips. So let's, let's read through this. The experience of Iran is of interest. In 1294 A.D., Kai Khatu, the Mongol ruler of Persia, on the advice of his vizier and in imitation of his brother monarch Kublai Khan in China, introduced paper money into his realm. This action... <laughs> aroused such resentment among the merchants that a riot ensued. The vizier was seized by the mob, torn to pieces, and thrown to dogs. The edict establishing paper money was withdrawn, and no Persian monarch until the 20th century dared impose paper money upon his subjects. The standard of value and the common medium of exchange continued to be silver of high purity. Paper money was an alien device until 1931, 1931 when the modern-minded Reza Shah introduced a national bank of issue and gradually withdrew and melted down the silver coinage in circulation. It is of interest to record that Reza Shah lost his throne just 10 years later, and while the one event was not the cause of the other, it nevertheless facilitated the execution of the other. Wow. In September of 1931, Britain suspended the convertibility of sterling into gold, in effect devaluing the pound. Hart records Reza Shah's response to the news of the devaluation. First word of the suspension of the gold standard by the British government, I have the honor to report, reached Tehran just one week ago. The result has been financial chaos. The Shah, as already reported, was on a tour of the northern provinces when telegraphed to him from Tehran, the news reached him at Kermasha. He is reported to have lost entire control of himself and his temper, to have crushed to have cursed the British, his advisors, his entourage, and himself, to have ended by having an apoplectic stroke. <laughs> wow. The reason it was said was obvious. Not only is it generally recognized that the Persian government has banked abroad in sterling deposits some four to five million pounds, but the Shah is also credited with having himself banked more than a million abroad. 30% of all this gone in a flash of the eye. It was just too much. Let's see what Marty has to say about it. We all know that Uncle Marty is a sucker for high-quality historical examples of times when sanity reigned in certain parts of the world and people understood the importance of keeping the government out of their money. Luckily for him, our boy, armed <clears throat> Out, found this gem of a snippet from Iranian history. Shout out to the late 13th century Iranian merchant class for having the integrity to refuse the attempted encroachment of their rules to bastardize their money literally taking the vizier into the streets and tearing him to pieces, much like a dollar bill. That was me. Sorry. Sorry, Marty. What a run the Iranians went on after that, too. 600 years, I'm assuming, of unabated sound money. The epic run only came to an end when England ended the gold standard in 1931, deprecating, or I'm sorry, depreciating Iran's and others currency immediately and highlighting the unfairness of having a central authority taking control of money production. Why were Iranians able to innately understand the importance of keeping money out of the state's control 700 years ago? How have we strayed so far from this understanding? How much further will we stray? These are the questions that haunt me. Okay. In another section, a great response to Derp and he's got a, uh, probably a uh, excerpt from medium post it says world <clears throat> most world changing technologies are dismissed by the crowd at first consider the telephone which no one wanted to buy the car which surely couldn't work on our horse roads the plane which couldn't possibly be safe or the internet which was destined to fail Remember the words of Paul Krugman, who said that by 2005, it will become clear that the Internet's impact on the economy has been no greater than the fax machine. Any fundamental technology from the fridge to the credit card follows an adoption S-curve. And at the beginning of the S-curve, there are always plenty of Luddites and skeptics. Eventually, the curve goes exponential and the technology spreads throughout humanity. It's hard to imagine a more fair or democratic idea than the fact that anyone today, regardless of their location, gender, language, age, level of education, or wealth, can get meaningfully involved at the ground level of Bitcoin, an exponential technology that is still at the bottom of its adoption S-curve. The only thing stopping you is you. Marty says, Here's a great piece from Alex Gladstein's on the Human Rights Foundation responding to DERP, spewed by serial Bitcoin hater David Girard. I highly recommend you freaks check it out as Alex does a great job explaining why Bitcoin is important for the future of human rights in a world that is becoming increasingly Orwellian with the rise of centrally run tech products overseen by corporations and governments. A great article to send your friends that have been repeating mainstream FUD to you without taking a deeper dive. Alex gets right to the core. Final thought. Always wonder what it's like to live the fly fisherman life. Seems pretty chill. I think that's just all fishing, to tell you the truth. We're we're done with Marty's bent. But as far as fishing is concerned, I've always described it as such. It is absolutely the best reason to go out and do nothing. I think somebody looks at golf the same way. I had a buddy that used to say golf is a good walk gone bad. My case, fishing is good because you have all these reasons to get a boat and get the you get your tackle and get a six pack of beer and then hurry up to the lake and then get out there and just do jack shit for the next twelve straight hours. Sounds like a wonderful time fly fishing I don't know there's a lot of standing around and moving and reaching for shit, nah, I don't know man, it just doesn't sound all that appetizing to me, so that was Marty's bent for today. And you can uh, get in touch with Marty Bent on Twitter at Marty Bent. Uh, and, uh, oh, oh, and be sure to go subscribe to uh, Tales from the Crypt uh, podcast, one of the very best ones out there. Um, you can find that at TFTC21, at TFC21 on Twitter, and it'll get you all hooked up. So uh, let's move into, what do we have next? Oh, torchlight. Got some torchlight. All right. Yeah, we have some torchlight, but it's not a whole lot of torchlight. Although, I got to say, this is pretty cool. Charlie Shrim has the torch. Well, he had the torch as of eight eight forty-eight Central Standard Time AM this morning, twenty-first February, twenty nineteen. He says, Hey, Janjarin, I'm passing you the lightning torch I got from C Halix Evolve 2016. We need better Twitter handles. I, oh God. Anyway, uh, and Andy C O one two five at uh at At O-K-E-X. Please reply with your wallet invoice info and let's keep it going. So Charlie, Charlie Shrim, is one of the torchbearers. You know, I I really wish I had gotten in on this early. I mean, I'm happy to just kind of report on it and sit on the, sit on the sidelines. But man, you know, that would have, it would have been cool if there's just no way that I'm going to be able to get it because I got too much shit to do before I can set up a, a proper lightning node. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, and say, like, I, I was never one to hold the torch, just like I was the only one to not see Haley's Comet. And I will never see Haley's Comet. I didn't look through a telescope. I didn't look up at the night sky. And people are like, going, are you crazy? Why wouldn't you want to see Haley's Comet? And I'm like, because it's more important to be the one person on the face of the planet that doesn't have a tattoo, that doesn't have a, some kind of body piercing, and who didn't see the frickin' Haley's Comet. I'm the only, I'm one of the only people that I got no tats. I got no piercings and I didn't see Haley's Comet beat that bitches. Your daily train is brought to you by Marianne Jett at Tweety Bird Brain. Marianne writes, no. Wright only supports original Bitcoin, BSV. He could care less about any of the other altcoins. BTC is an airdrop fork coin created in 2017 when Core deviated from white paper when they added Segwit. Bitcoin does not fork. It is a protocol set in stone. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd go ahead and say kill me now, except there's much more, much much more to this story. What is this bird brain tweeting about? Uh I almost don't want to have to take you guys down this filthy, stench-ridden rabbit hole, but we're going to have to because it's going to come up. Um let me go. Let's just go all the way up to the uh, top of this tweet chain, starting starting with crypto ran or crypto man ran uh, ran Nooner, and he has the first tweet three days ago says three, <clears throat> says so. Dr. Craig Wright is willing to testify under oath that he is Satoshi Nakamoto and the founder of Bitcoin, and he's linked to a picture or a screenshot of the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission. Let's get to that in a second, because Marianne, or rather the bird brain, is first up to sing the praises of fake Toshi and says, yes, I knew something was up when Craig Wright tweeted on 2 eight nineteen this pic of his home office with this giant clue written on the whiteboard stating CFTC response by 8th. Friday, and she's got a picture of uh, what is supposedly Craig's home office, which (sighs) nobody really knows if anything that Craig tweets out is anything his own, or if he's at a friend's house (laughs) taking pictures, uh, it's just kind of sad. And clearly this, this, uh, he took this picture on purpose, uh, and you, you can see the, in, in the picture that Marianne has up there, it says CFTC, like like she said. <clears throat> so what is this? Well, uh, so let's go on a little bit. Um, <clears throat> it says CFTC seeks public comment on crypto asset mechanics and markets dated 12-11-18. Perhaps this prompted Craig Wright to send his comment to the CFTC. And all right, so let's get into what this is. Uh, the CFTC is the United States Commodity Futures Trading Commission. And what these morons are blabbing about is, is this comment. And this is, from the, this is from CFTC's website. Okay, so this is real. It's stupid, but it's real. Comment for orders and other announcements 83 FR 64563 from Craig S. Wright, Organizations Inchange Limited and University of Leicester, UK. Comment text This is a response in generalized format to the Commodity Futures Trading Commission request for input on crypto asset mechanics and markets. My name is Dr. Craig Wright. And under the pseudonym of Satoshi Nakamoto, I completed a project I started in 1997, which was filed with the Australian government in part under an Aus, <clears throat> Aus industry project registered with the Department of Innovation as BlackNet. The amount of misunderstanding and fallacious information that has been propagating concerning Bitcoin and any derivative system based on a blockchain, such as and including Ethereum, has resulted in my choice to start to become more public. The system I created was designed in part to end fraud as best as that can be done with any technology. The lack of understanding about the functions of blockchain has resulted in widespread misinformation and a dissemination of old scams. Many of the former Usenet and Web IPO scams have been propagated with the rebadging as an ICO. And he has this little attachment of some PDF file. Oh, my God. Now, somebody kill me now did i I don't even okay I'm not gonna put that much stress you know I'm not gonna put myself into that much stress, but this is just this dude i am i am for i'm in firm belief that this man is a danger to himself and to others I think he has has the capability of inflicting physical harm on himself and or others because I think he has lost control of his ability to to self-regulate things such as thought, um, the uh, the ability to recognize what is real and what is fantasy, and when we slip, when people slip into this kind of uh, this this weird zone, um, and who knows why, but when they slip into this weird zone, they can cause real damage, and it's sort of up to the community to you know go to Craig and get him the help that he needs. You know, he needs to be like medicated with the highest dosage of Depakote and anything else that we can possibly pump into this guy to shut him the hell up. This dude is ridiculous. And I feel bad for Marianne that she's, I hope, I hope she's not this dumb. I hope she's getting paid a shitload of money to take her reputation, put it into a brown paper bag. Douse it with diesel, light it on fire, and throw it out the window. Because that's what she's doing. That's what all these people are doing. Maybe she'll be like Kevin Pham one day and go to a conference in a bulletproof vest for whatever reason that was necessary. Anyway, that's your Daily train wrecked. Terrible joke corner again. Brought to you by Bad Joke Cat. Man, I somebody's got to get in touch with whoever held held that uh, held that account and, and tell them to start doing it again. I mean that thing has been dead since like 2014. Because without it, where would you get gems like this? Romeo and Juliet dot doc is a play on word. Again, it's better if you read it. You know, it's like, you know, Romeo and the symbol and Juliet dot D-O-C, which is a Word file. It, Romeo and Juliet dot doc is a play on Word. Get it? Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Okay, that's gonna do it for the day. Um, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I enjoy that. Um, yep, it's uh salty as ever out there. If you get a chance, man, go go, you know, if the if tippin'.me's servers haven't like gone China syndrome and melted into a glowing mass underneath the floor of the server room, go. And do you, know, get, get a uh, tipping.me linked up to your Twitter account. It's, you know, it's, I don't know. There's a, a lot of people are giving it shit saying this is stupid and blah, blah, blah. It is not going to do anything for mass adoption. And I'm like that. I mean, what if that's not the point? How? When is it that we stopped being able to have fun? When exactly was the day that we stopped having fun around this stuff? It's not that it's supposed to only be fun. I mean, that would be stupid. That'd be like laughing like an idiot all day long. And Wyatt Earp, parlance. If you guys have seen the movie, in either event, um, you know there there should be some fun in this. Otherwise, why the hell do anything? If it's not exciting, if it's not fun, if you're not able to experiment, you know, and then what's it worth? You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it would be worth a a, a new framework for global, you know, for the entire global financial uh, infrastructure. But my God, people, you just have some fun. Allow other people to have some fun. You never know what this will turn into. Hell, it may be the trigger for mass adoption. I don't know. Nobody does. There's, and there's no point in saying it will or it won't. I mean, you're going to, I mean, no matter what you say, if you go, if like, you know, yeah, sitting on the fence ain't very good either, but at least I know better than to make a call like that. Yes, it will. Next thing you know, it won't. And somebody will trot out that tweet, you know, 10 years later saying, look how stupid you were. I mean, it all, you know, it happens to all of us. This is why It's ridiculous when you know that it's almost impossible to call something like this why call it i'll tell you what it is though it is fun that one that tweet well that tweet will age as well as it can ever as well as it can ever age because right now this is fun it's fun throwing somebody something that has 0.00001 cent us value across the network. It's fun receiving 10 Satoshis. It's fun. Let it be fun. And with that, I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.